What's up, y'all? Hope you had a blessed week. Um, just coming to you to give you some encouragement and some perspective. Uh, I talk about uh, knowing the hope of glory in Isaiah 53 in me, the hope of glory. Um, so we're going to go over that today uh, just so you can get some context of it, of uh, what Jesus did when he was here on the earth and what he came to do in the picture of intercession. Because intercession is really undervalued in our world. Uh, it's a spiritual thing that um, a lot of people just don't see the value in. They see it as a waste of time. And it couldn't be further from the truth in heaven. Amen. And uh, Jesus, he is the perfect picture of intercession. In fact, his whole life coming to be a man. And it had to be a man because man fell and gave up that authority and that dominion to the devil. So it had to be a man that took it back. And it had to be a spotless, blameless man who never sinned. So we were out of luck, but God interceded for us through his son. Amen. So I'll just start with some uh, scripture here. If you go over to Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Oh, that's 3.23. Okay. I wanted to go to 5.12. So Romans 5.12, just to set the state because it talks about the fall in there. Romans 5.12. Wherefore, as by one man sinned, entered the whole world. Sin entered the whole world from one man. And death by sin. And so death passed upon all men. That all have sinned. And then it goes on throughout the Bible telling you um, all have sinned and come short of the glory. Romans 3.23. And then you got Romans uh, 3.12 where Paul's quoting Psalms 4.14.3. None, none righteous, no not one. And it starts out with they are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable there is none that doeth good no not one for it, it, we were hopeless basically we needed jesus desperately and over in ecclesiastes uh there is no there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not doesn't sin amen so let's go over to isaiah 53 and take a look at the prophecy and the picture of Jesus that he fulfilled all of that so beautifully and uh, scandalously that you and I might live and have our dominion back. So he came in the form of the man, and basically Isaiah 53 is a prophecy of everything that he did fulfill in his earthly tent that he took on to save us back to God. So Isaiah 53, who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form of comeliness and we shall see him. And when we see shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief and we hid 
as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and rejected, and we did not esteem him. So if you want to, he, he's felt everything we could ever feel in this life and more. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried away our sorrows, yet we did not, es we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes, with his stripes, we are healed. Amen. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned one to his own way. The Lord hath laid on him all the iniquity of us all, deep-rooted sin, all the sin of the whole world, unfathomable. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shears, he was silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Remember how um, the rich man uh, got a tomb for him that was never, never had any tomb in it before. Never had anybody laid in there. No decay. Because he had done no violence, neither was deceit in his mouth yet it pleased lord the lord the father to bruise him he hath put him to grief when you shall make his soul an offering for sin he shall see his seed he shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the lord shall prosper in his hand that's you and me being born again through his sacrifice through the blood of Jesus and bringing delight, bringing pleasure to the Father, bringing pleasure to the Son. He shall see of the travail of his soul and he shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant just justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. What was his knowledge? He knew the Father and he only did what the Father did. He saw the Father do and what the Father said. He had the knowledge of the holy. Of course, he was God, fully God, fully man, but was always looking unto the Father. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bared the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So yeah, that's that's our God. He interceded literally with his whole life. And if you jump on over to Hebrews 7. Yes, 25. I keep skipping it. Hebrews 7.25, it tells you what he's doing right now for you and me. 25 starts out with, uh, wherefore he is able to also save them to the uttermost that come to God the Father by him, can only come by him, seeing he liveth to make intercession for them. 
He's always making intercession for us right now at the right hand of God. Hallelujah. I want to partner with that. I want to do what he's doing. Just as he looked unto the father and only did what he saw the father do and did what the father said. We are called to live like that. He's a picture of intercession his whole life, but it was a picture for how we're to walk here. Now that we have the dominion and the authority back in Jesus name. Amen. So, (laughs) excuse me. So if you go on over to, uh, Revelation 5, Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 5. Hopefully you're following along or writing these down so you can find it out for yourself. I don't want you to believe every word I say. Test and try and see for yourself. Amen. So I'm going to read a part of Revelation 5 to get a picture that it had to be a man. It had to be a man that came back and took dominion that God gave in him and he gave up through sin. So chapter five, starting in verse one. And I saw on the right hand of him that sat on the throne, a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. What's that about? You know what I think? I think it's the actual title deeds to the earth. The actual power and dominion, the scroll, and this is a spiritual thing, obviously. The spirit's more real than here. Uh, I think it's a, it's, it's that. It's the title deeds to the earth. And he has it, the, he gave it back to the father when he went into death, hell, and the grave and took the keys and, and busted hell wide open <laughs> and defeated death, hell, and the grave literally and took the keys. That's in the, in the Bible too, go ahead and search it out or use your fancy computer and look it up anyways. And so it's written on within inside of it and on it, on the backside with seven seals. And I saw a string. This is John writing this out, the revelator. I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And no man Keyword, no man, because it had to be a man. No man in heaven, nor in the earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to even look therein. And I wept much. It says he wept much. That's huge understatement. I can picture him laying prostate on the ground before the throne of heaven, crying his eyes out, pouring his soul out in despair. Because there was no man was found worthy to open and read the book, neither to look therein. Couldn't look on it because it was written on the inside and the backside. And one of the elders said unto him, Don't weep, weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root and the offspring of David, hath prevailed to open the book and loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld. And lo, in the midst of the throne and and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. 
And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him who sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vial, golden bowls full of orders, odors, which are the prayers of the saints, the intercession of the saints. So your prayers are being stored up right now in intercession for when this time happens. And it's not about the times or, or the times and the seasons, you know. I don't get tripped up too much in the times of the seasons. I, I do what he told us to do and occupy until I come. Well, he hasn't come yet, so I'm still occupying and doing what he did. Amen. And looking unto him because he's the hope of glory in me. Isaiah 53, in me, the hope of glory. Amen. So that's what we're called to do. And intercede and that our intercession is being stored up in heaven for such an hour hour when he is to do this and when all of these things are to break forth and like i said i don't get tripped up too much on like um the times and stuff especially like god taught me a long time ago when i just thought about it logically like i think about most things holy spirit taught me at a young age to take myself out of the equation and just look at it, look at it logically, whatever you're looking at and look at it from all angles and all perspectives, right? Because we all have bias. So if you take yourself out of the equation, take a, take a matter, look at it, and then look at it from every angle, how every other person would view it and what their beliefs are. And um, I just did this with the uh, whole, you know, are you pre, uh, pre-rapture, mid-trib rapture, after trib rapture whatever all these other doctrines right that were out there and people are trying to tell me and i just looked at it really simple and and then i saw the great falling away and this was i don't know 20 years ago and i i couldn't see how a great falling away would happen <laughs> that was a long time ago but um i could see it in some circles and pockets right but the, the great falling away is like a lot a lot of saints or, or a lot of to called to be saints right so anyhow i just looked at it uh logically and i thought okay if i'm pinning all my faith and all my hope that jesus is coming at this time to save me to take me off the earth and he doesn't and what happens right after that preceding that is the worst time the world has ever seen that's what the Bible says. The worst time the world has ever seen or known. And there would be no flesh left alive if he didn't come back and shorten the days. And I'm pinning all my hope that he comes in right before that. And he doesn't. Where does that leave my faith? <laughs> Not in a good place. I could see a great falling away happening there. So I just take it out at that context and I put my faith and hope in him every day and not another day's promise to us. So as long as I'm alive, I put my faith and hope in him. And uh, if he comes back early and I'm preparing for the worst, because that's how I'll live my life, I'll, I'll prepare for the worst and have my hope and anchored in him. If he comes back early and I don't have to see whatever, I'm not going to be upset. <laughs> I'm not going to be saying, Jesus, why didn't, why didn't you let me go through all the worst times the world has ever seen? Or, you know, 
if he comes at the mid and I, you, we go through a bunch of very hard times, hard, hard, hard times. And the seven trumpet blows and we come back up, up in the sky and to be made and translated like him. And then after that, the bulls of wrath come. I'm not going to be upset. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's how I look at it. And uh, the calling of intercession is a very near and dear to the father's heart. He sent his son to do it for us. And his son, our king, is still doing it right now for you, for me, for our loved ones. Amen. So take up that calling. Take up that calling of intercession. And all it is is interceding in between, standing in the gap. So if you're praying for a loved one that doesn't know the Lord, you're praying for them to be saved, just keep praying. But do it in, in your secret place. Do it with the Lord. And don't give up. Amen. Our time here is short. It looks like it's long, feels like it's long sometimes, but I'm telling you, it is not. So keep the faith, keep interceding, and put your wisdom where heaven values wisdom. It looks like foolishness to this world, but it's the wisdom of heaven. And wisdom will be justified by her children in that day when the Lord reveals all things. Amen. So I just wanted to encourage you guys with that. Excuse me. Jesus is amazing. He's always living to intercede for us. Um, his whole life is a picture of that. And it's the highest calling you can go for. Amen. So why not uh, do it together? Amen. Bless you guys. Hope you're having a good weekend uh, this weekend. It's pretty rainy and windy out here. But this is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Amen.